This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans out there. That's right, you. You're listening. Are you pointing to yourself? I see you. you It's you. That's what I'm talking about. This podcast literally runs on you. Patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway, where you could support Greggy and I. Going through all the New York Ranger news every single week and nonsense, keeping you up to date with all the hard-hitting analysis, like things we complain about, and who should the backup be, and other fun stuff. Okay, good episode today. Have our friend Johnny on, talking a lot about the camp roster, who made it, who didn't, why it's important, why it's not. And uh, I guess that's it. So without further ado, please leave us any feedback wherever you'd like, Twitter, wherever else. And uh, here's our good friend, Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to the week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of patreon.com slash Bushwick Breakaway. You can support us, all that other good stuff. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. I feel like I've missed a lot. Yeah, you took a hiatus. Uh, I think we there's some stuff we have to discuss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some things, uh, some things I feel have like some things have happened. <laughs> I actually, it's funny because I don't really know where to start. Because I, I think we could start on some New York Rangers stuff, but I feel like the Robin Leonard stuff is... Uh, a little more prevalent at the moment? Boy, it is a time. It's a time. Now, some people have started redacting their statements. There was a report out that... Uh, I don't think you know what redacting means. Mm-hmm. I think you meant retracting. I did, and I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate yeah, it. I don't think I don't think anyone is... The statements they've made, they're not going back to well, just blot out some of the words. They might be redacting, too, due to the NHL. I mean, well, no, kind of... again, once the words are out there, it cannot be redacted. They delete... we all have the full document. Okay, fine. They, I was going to say more like they deleted their tweets. But you get what I'm saying here. Uh-huh. Uh, the, there's been some retracing of the steps when it comes to talking about Elaine Vigneault after uh, Robin came out and said, you know, that, that guy is an old dinosaur and some other things kind of knew about this uh, underlying drug well, no, issue. He, he, he clarified he still says that Elaine Vigneault is an old dinosaur who treats his players poorly. He's just making it clear that he did not say that Elaine Vigneault was giving players drugs. That's fair. That is fair. Uh, we kind of knew the old dinosaur part. I don't think that was kind of hard. To, to which f- I say, yeah, to, to which I say, <laughs> no yeah, shit. he's a shit coach and he's old as fuck and he doesn't adjust his ways and it doesn't seem like he gives two shits about his players. These are all things I've been trying to all, tell All you got to do while. is go look at the Bush uh, Devich Now, I won't go ago. as far. Now, I, I'll say this. I'm not going to go as far to say that Elaine Vigneault has ever given his players drugs. I will say that for our next billboard, oh. I have an idea. Okay. <laughs> We're back in the billboard game? Yeah. And it, I just want a picture of Elaine Vigneault. Yes. And it says there's no prescription to fix stupid. <laughs> right on 76, what right? That's what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? I you think Lamar's going to be cool with that one. I think um I think we might get a letter. I don't know from who. But, but, but I know we, I won't be getting one. Yeah. Zero chance I get pulled into a meeting, Ryan. That's true. Oh god, Greg. Oh, we have so much to discuss. So yes, there seems to be a lot of um I guess PR work going on by the NHL right now trying to uh, have open conversations with Robert Robert Leonard. 
Rob, Robin Leonard, uh, you know my pronunciation issues, well documented. And in this case, Rob, Rob, Robert Lennon. Yeah, I think that's part of like I don't I don't know what Marxists and Leninists believe, but I think Robert Lennon actually fits pretty good there. Right, it does. So in this case, yeah. the NHLPA reached out to him. They had a closed doors conversation, and this all started because he wants, just like us, Greg, just like the people who put up the original billboard that said "Free Jack." He wants his good friend Jack Eichel to be able to live a healthy life. And he's, I think that's a big part of it. And uh, the other part is he's sick of players being treated the way they are. But he's using this as a platform, saying he's going to release more and more stories until something is done about it. Seems like nothing is being done. As of today, Elliot Freeman reported on 32 Thoughts that uh, despite what Darren Drager said last week, there has been no medical records released for Jack Eichel. So that was a lie. Thanks, Darren. Really appreciate it. And, yeah, it's uh, almost like Darren has one source, and it's not Jack Eichel's agent. It's pretty weird, huh? It's not, it's not yeah. Pat Brisson. You, you're, you're, you're trying to tell me that you're going to learn how to say Brisson, and it's going to be really fun. Yeah, one day I'll get there. It's like when I changed yeah. from uh, Georgiev to Georgiev. Did finally got that after years of uh, years of trying. In that case, yeah, I, I don't fully believe that you have it yet. But That's whatever, fair. You, whatever you, it is, a Monday. It is a chilly, rainy Monday here in Troy, New York. Welcome to the. So fall. whatever you need to tell yourself to get through the day, I support. Me too. Uh, so do you think, and I guess this is uh, the transition period for this conversation. Do you think anything transition. will, do you think anything will come of the Robin accusation, not accusations, but just kind of trying to uncover stories within the NHL or will this be covered right. up immediately? I mean, they are accusations. I don't think you're stepping out of line calling them that that's exactly what they are. Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think the NHL has given us any indication that, they are capable of change. I, I, how many times do we need to be told hockey, hockey is for everyone? And yet I'm pretty sure Stan Bowman still has a job. So it's, I, you call, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm like a pessimist. I don't know if I'm just not a person who, I don't think the NHL and the hierarchy in the NHL and Gary Bettman specifically has done anything to warrant the level of hope that something will happen and something will change. I think, I think they will say that they are making an an effort to investigate this. I will think that I will assume that they will tell us very fancy things and say that they're taking these allegations very seriously. And I think they are betting on us waiting or losing interest in a couple weeks and it going away. And then maybe they'll release a statement in two months after the season has started and we're a couple games in, and now we're angry about a player getting suspended due to a, a uh, yeah. They just need Tom situation. Wilson to play before this. You know, this will go away right away yeah. as soon as Tommy plays. There, the next time we hear about this is when something else is happening that we're angry about, and then they're going to release their quote unquote findings, which will say that um, they're taking a look at a number of organizations, but they weren't able to uncover anything that required sweeping changes, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't think the NHL deserves the benefit of the doubt. And I don't think I can give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that they are going to do something about this. So, no, I, I, I don't. I, I, I don't think anything really will come of this. And whether, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, to answer your question, I wish I had more faith that – the NHL would take care of this. The NHL will investigate this. The NHL would ru- seek out and 
fix the problem that is being brought to light because maybe maybe Leonard is exaggerating maybe but it's coming from a place where there is some truth there is no smoke without fire right it, it, it this isn't I don't think Robin Leonard is making something up I don't quite think that Robin Leonard is capable of making it up I will say that but no I really I really don't expect anything to change in the NHL and I also don't expect Jack Eichel to get traded so I I don't know what the fuck's going to happen next, but I'm pretty sure the status quo is just going to continue. Agreed. It's It's been a really funny couple of weeks for the NHL insiders of the world where it's been like, yeah, nothing's happened. Still, we still have jobs, so we still got to come here, but there's nothing going on. Congratulations. Uh, well, the, 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 the weird thing about the Eichel situation, it, it's annoying for you and me because, again, the, the last thing you and I want to do at this point in our lives is continue talking yep. about Jack Eichel. Yep, the yep, New York yep. Rangers have moved on. I want to move on. I can't move on until Jack Eichel moves on. And it's just – it's very annoying. And we say this it, – it's now getting to a point where we we lead into every Jack Eichel conversation we have with it's getting very annoying. At the same time, had if there wasn't an injury involved and this was just a star player wa- demanding a trade and not wanting to play – um, for the Simmons? team that he's currently being employed by, I honestly wouldn't. It's not that I wouldn't have a problem with the Sabers dragging this out as long as they do. I would say it's within the Sabers' rights to just be like, "Fuck you, don't play." Like we'll pay you, but fuck off. Like if you don't right. want to play here, we're not in any hurry to help you continue your NHL career. Yeah, we're trying to lose obviously, anyway, so you being yeah. a gone is good. Now, obviously, this, it it benefits the Sabers to treat this star player well because you are not doing yourself any favors when it comes to recruiting the next star by, or any free agents, right. By saying the last two guys to sign big money deals with us, our coach scratched one of them last year. And this other one, we couldn't possibly fuck over more. So it's, it's not like the Sabres are building a lot of PR within the players association at the same time. Again, it, the injury part of this is what's really frustrating. And arguably creating all this drama because it's simply like Jack Eichel wants to do something with his body and his employer is not allowing him to do that thing with their body, which America, but it's, it's the, the player disagreement part of this. Like you look at, I didn't have a problem with what the Houston Rockets were doing with James, James Harden. I didn't have a problem with what the new Orleans Pelicans did way back when with Anthony Davis. I didn't have a problem with, I mean, what they're doing with Ben Simmons right now, man. Can you think of a baseball example of this? Someone that wanted wanted out and needed to be traded? Was Mike Piazza kind of like that? No. No. I don't think he wanted out. A-Rod? A-Rod, yeah. I think A-Rod wanted out. A-Rod kind of forced his hand. He did. You know what's funny? I really can't remember the last time a player demanded a trade in baseball. I'm sure they all get traded so often that I guess they don't have time to demand one. If you want to like move, a player who should have demanded a trade is Nolan Arenado, but he was going no matter what. Right. And then the Rockies did so poorly in that trade that nobody feels bad for Nolan Arenado. No. We're all just angry at our own teams that they didn't trade for Nolan Arenado. Yeah, now he's going to the playoffs. Congratulations. Yeah, and, and it's also like baseball players get paid really well. So like maybe none of them care. If they get traded or not, they just like cashing them checks. And there's a lot of cash to go around there, my friend. It's all guaranteed. Yeah. All of it. Well, meanwhile, uh, this and this is a Billy Bean podcast. Meanwhile, Elias Petterson just uh, taking a discount. 
Congratulations. I hate the NHL so it's much. So stupid. Just, Ryan, in the next four years, do you expect the New York Rangers to draft one player on the level of Elias Patterson? No. One nope. with their next four nope. first round. Picks. I do not. Because we all expect, even without Pedersen on the roster. You know how hard it is to find that kind picks, of player? It's like impossible. But not just that, Ryan. If any of the Rangers' next four first round picks are in the top 15, we will be on this podcast saying that year was a disaster, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. The, 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 you and I might not think the New York Rangers are going to win a Stanley Cup this year, but we're fairly confident that if they miss the playoffs, they are probably the second team out. Yeah, they aren't going first. to be a bottom 10 team. No way. This is not a lottery team anymore. So the first round picks we're talking about are probably 20 to 32 that the New York Rangers or a team like the New York Rangers would be giving up if they wanted to do the $10 million uh, top tier offer sheet for one of these restricted free agents that we never see. Everybody gets hung up and I've done this rant before and yes. I don't mean to do it again, but listen, what old is new? That that's that's 2021. It's just sad that a player in his prime like that. I mean, I know he took the three year deal discount to get the hell out of Vancouver and get a max deal right. in three years, and he should. That's the- well, so it's a three year deal that takes him to his final restricted free agent year, which then he can just play on the qualifying offer and then become an unrestricted free agent. Just get it's exactly what Barzal did as well. Yep, get the hell out of there. All right, let's talk some New York Rangers before we get to our friend Johnny here. Uh, I think the I think the, we could make. This assumption, the lineups are pretty much set for opening night. I mean, they're going to be, uh, we're down to 26 people on the roster. We can go line by line, just real quick. Tell me if you have any I mean, qualms. I mean, I don't think I don't think we have to go line by line, but I think it's clear that Morgan Barron's going down and Lieber Hayek is going on waivers. Okay. Those are the clearest things yep. that I've been told. And it's it's going back to what I said, what was it? Was it a week ago or two weeks ago when I said they the Rangers didn't protect Kevin Rooney to – give Morgan Barron fourth line minutes. If Morgan Barron wanted to get into the top nine, I think the New York Rangers would have been more than happy. Yeah. To have he did that not do enough player. in camp or in yeah. the games, just has, which is time. fine. Again, by the way, totally fine that Morgan Barron is going to go down to Hartford, play with legitimate AHL players, guys who have done it and proven that they are valuable at that level and succeed in a role that will allow him to play 16 to 18 minutes a night. Yeah, that is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing for a guy in his early 20s who is entering his second full professional season. And by the way, first professional season where he will play more than two teams. So it's not the end of the world. Anyone freaking out or saying that, whatever. If Morgan, again, be happy if Morgan Barron is just a bottom six NHLer, but also be happy that the Rangers have enough depth where if someone else besides Vitaly Kravtsov is injured in their top nine, they have a dude they can call up that they have some confidence in. That yeah. is something that is very different for the New York Rangers. Well, Goche seemingly uh, is getting rave reviews all of a sudden from a player that was uh, very much he stinks to a player that now is practicing on the penalty kill who is playing on uh, a line. Let's be careful. The, our Uncle Rick is really the only person I've ever heard that says Goche D- stinks. David Quinn uh, didn't say it, but showed it constantly by putting him on the bench. In that way. So, yeah, Gauthier is going to have a chance to make the team, especially if the Kravtsov injury is worse than they've led on. He won't be making the trip with them, but they don't think it's long-term. Of course, it's hockey, so you can't say exactly what the injury is, which is still so silly to me at this point in time. 
so Goodrow, Hedl, uh, and Gauthier would be your third line right now, which is to me is a little underwhelming uh, of a third line, but that's fine. And uh, hopefully Gauthier can can make the most of these next two preseason games if if Kravstov doesn't get back time and healthy. But I can what about, also what about that line is underwhelming to you? I guess I, I'm worried about the generation of offense because Gauthier really can't. Um, he can generate the offense himself, but he can't really finish. And I guess the whole point of that line would just be an identity line rather than a scoring line in this case. Do we have enough evidence to suggest that Gauthier can't finish? No, we have a small sample size of him constantly hitting the crossbar after making yeah, didn't phenomenal you, didn't, moves. Didn't you just tell me that the only other person besides Carp who has been critical of Julian Gauthier was the last Rangers coach who didn't put Gauthier in positions to necessarily succeed? Right. And, and now had this- him on the fourth line, a fourth line, by the way that you and I routinely said doesn't matter because they're going to play less than eight minutes of 5v5 every night. It's important to say they're calling Brett Howden day-to-day in Vegas, and he's like what? very much almost off the team. So D- Day-to-day with what? Handsome uh, Yeah. <laughs> Living day-to-day at the bar there, having a great time. Oh, man. Our friends our friends over at the Sinbin uh, had that tweet being like, man, was really expecting to see more out of Brett Howden at this point in camp, but I just wanted to be like, buddy. In camp. Buckle up. In <laughs> camp. Buckle, buckle up, chief. What do you uh, mean? He can hardly skate. We should probably have those guys on sooner or later just to give them a give them a place to reminisce with that is a safe space. Yes, uh, they're going to have to uh, have a venting session. You're correct in calling me out for the Gauthier uh, mini slander, I would say. Uh, if if Kraftsoff isn't ready, uh, it's he could still be an NHL player. I, I imagine he's kind of the extra. Mm, do you think he'd be the extra forward? Otherwise, they kind of have to wave him. No, the the Rangers are in a position where they can keep um, 23 players. So I'm expecting them to keep both Goche and Hunt and Tenorti. Yeah. And those will be your scratches on a nightly basis when Kravtsov is healthy. Which is why is, Jones is definitely getting sent down despite his play being pretty great this preseason. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. It hasn't been better than Niels Lundqvist, though, which is – No. It's – again – this is a good problem to have if you're the New York Rangers. Oh, no. We have too many good defensemen. What a shame. And I understand that a lot of people wish Tenorti wasn't on the team. I think you and I would have preferred Brandon Smith back in that seventh defenseman I, role. I think there's a chance but, Tenorti starts opening night next to uh, our friend Patrick Namath. Well, only because they're playing the Capitals. I think at the, at the home opener, Niels Lundqvist will be in the line. That's, that's a lock of the century right there. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I, saying Tenorti is going to start opening night is not saying, like, the Rangers plan on playing him <laughs> no. in games. No, they plan it's on that, him punching Tom Wilson. That's what they plan right. on. It's that when Ryan Reeves spends five minutes in the box, they need someone else to punch Tom Wilson in the face. And that's where Jared Tenorti will come in. And we said, with this, when the signing was made, we said he would either start at defense or start on the fourth line just to fight Tom Wilson and punch him in the face. And, then and that he was be before they acquired Ryan Reed. That's correct. Those, you can go back to the podcast we did where we reacted to a Tenorti signing, and I think our exact words were, he's here to play six games a year and serve about 40 penalty minutes for punching Tom Wilson in the face. That is That is his role, and it would be surprising if he's not in the lineup on opening night to do the thing he was brought in to do. But anyway, my point was, the last thing I want is someone like Morgan Barron or someone like Zach Jones sitting on the Rangers bench and in the press box, not getting minutes and not continuing their development. I understand how important practice is. I get that you and I probably downplay it 
too much. I think we, we don't get to see it. We don't get to experience it. And it, 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 it exists outside of our vision. So therefore we, for, un, we throw bias towards whether it's important or not. However, I know what's more important. That's fucking playing. And Zach Jones and Morgan Barron still need to get more time under their legs against just grown ass men. And I think it's more, it's more, to me, it's more important for the Morgan Barron to be the Rangers, or should I say Wolfpack's number one center, and more important for the Wolfpack's number one pair to be Schneider Jones. I think that's far more important than either of those dudes only playing what once every 10 days in the National Hockey League. Get their minutes, get them time, keep them in game form. There's going to be injuries. And when those injuries happen, the Rangers, for the first time in a very long time, not just have people they can call up from Hartford, but really intriguing pieces that might be more than just a plug-and-play guy. That is a very good problem to have. That's what called building depth is, and that's what playoff teams have. Playoff teams have guys where it's next man up, and the Rangers have a lot of next men that can come up, and I'm happy about that. That is a good thing. It's a great thing. There's one thing that's concerning me a lot about this roster. And maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm overreacting. But last You don't week, think Barclay Goodrow is as handsome as Brett Houghton. I think that's a real concern. Brett Houghton, I, I I they're pretty comparable. He's a handsome guy. Question. Yeah. Question question for the room. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reeves. Yes. <laughs> the, the answer is yes. <laughs> Fair. That, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, the answer is right there. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, he's gonna do re- I didn't. Now I don't know if he's a married man. Yep. I'm, but not, I'm not even going to check. Doing well in New he's, York. He's going to do well in New York. He's going to do okay. All right. He uh, might do the best in New York that any athlete has done since Jeter. No. No. Come on. Uh, Hank. Hank. Hank wasn't wasn't built like that. That's true. Hmm. I, well, who's to say Ryan Reeves is built like that? We don't know. I don't know. You're right. We don't know. Shame on Greg. We have no you know idea. who was built like that? I think Derek Broussard. Was Derek Broussard absolutely was built like that. There are many, many Derek Broussard stories, and we will not tell them. Okay, now that we got past that, here's my problem with this team. Hmm. I'm genuinely extremely worried about Georgiev, and I do think because the Metro is going to be so tight this year, and I, I made a prediction on this podcast that the Rangers would finish second in the Metro. I'm a dummy. You can't wait to call me out and call me an idiot. It's going to be super fun. But he could cost them, like, legitimately five or six games with just the way he's been playing, not only this preseason, but last season, too. Now, our, our good friend and my client, Keith Kincaid, got sent down to the Wolfpack, had a great preseason he, so he far. He's not happy with me, by the way. Why? What happened? You got eliminated in Survivor this week, and oh, the rules. I thought you the, like, said the rules, something stupid. <laughs> no, I, the rules stipulate that in our Survivor League, the picks lock on Thursday before the kickoff of the game, and he locked in on the Titans, and the Titans lost a lot of receivers after Thursday, and he's like, "That every other league I'm in allows me to change my team," and I'm like, "That's cool, man. Those aren't the rules. Those, no. All you had to do was pick the fucking Bills." What everybody else did. We're not. Yeah, you can't change the rules, Keith. Sorry, can't change the rules, man. It's like if you. It's like if you uh, buy an NFT, Keith, and then that NFT just isn't the NFT you wanted. Like, didn't have the cool sunglasses. Yeah, Yeah, that's so. That's anytime Keith gets angry at me now, all I do is send him the uh, the saved images I have of his NFTs (laughs) to show that I too own it and I spent no money on it. So I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm. He has a right to be angry at me because I, too, am an asshole. Right. I'm just stating that Keith is currently angry at me. 
Well, now that we've gotten out of the way, yes, I am biased. And I, I know this is not me just being media member slash Keith Kincaid, like, agent at this point slash I don't know whatever else I am. But the Yorgiev thing is real. I'm not sure. Well, he... let, me, let, me, let me play devil's advocate for you. I'm ready for it. Get, hit it to me. First things first. Mm-hmm. Uh, on OT, when the news broke uh, while we were recording, yes. my initial assumption was correct. The Rangers were playing the strategy game and sent Keith down earlier than they wanted because they wanted to send him down before other teams could make decisions on the goalies that they had. That was their strategy. It was a gamble, but it was successful. And that's why Keith is in Hartford. Keith is thought of highly in the organization. And we have every reason to believe that Keith will play games for the Rangers this year. Those are facts. My second point here, Ryan, I don't think the Rangers will allow Georgiev's struggles to go on long enough for him to impact as many games as you suggest. Interesting. Uh, The only scenario in which it will is if Shesterkin gets injured, which... I guess we can't rule out because the evidence suggests Always he's growing two for away. two. Yep. He's, he's two for two and sustaining an injury at some point during the season. Um, but health reasons aside, Drury owes nothing to Georgiev. Drury has actively shopped Georgiev in the past. We don't know if Drury has any reason to want to extend Georgiev beyond this season. And we know the Rangers are taking their playoff readiness playoff ability seriously and if your gives not passing the spell test the whole reason why the rangers wanted to send keith down early was so that they didn't lose him so now that they didn't lose him they will not allow georgiev to lose the team so i i honestly think if georgiev if it's the end of november and georgiev is continuing this i I mean some people if you're an optimistic will call it an elongated slump other people who are more critical of georgiev's game that might have a podcast that continuously ranks top 10 on the Apple music charts in North America. Never heard of him. Never heard um, of him. I think it's more of an indication of just what Georgiev is as a goaltender. And I think the Rangers will just cut bait. They'll just chop shop, call it a day, bring up the goalie they have more confidence in, continue to ride Igor like we think. We don't think Igor is going to start 70 games this year, but we think we he's don't. going to start 60. I think 60, 65 um, is really where you're kind of looking with Igor if things yeah, go right. Yeah, but that's still a heap of games. Absolutely is. So Georg- Georgiev, I think, has like tops a 10-game leash if Igor's healthy. 10 games is so if- much. That's like that's going back to my point. I think everything you said there is correct, but with this 10-game leash, even if he kind of like mistakenly gives away three or four games – that's six points at the end of the year where you're going to be in a tight race. But the, the Rangers are built in a way where there should be some games where the Rangers just outscore their own goalie. That's kind of how they're going to have to play, at least against certain in, teams. In Georgiev games, for sure. Now, if Georgiev gives up eight, it'll be hard to outscore that. But if Georgiev is throwing up a stinker and gives up four, this team is built in a way where they should still be able to score five. They have the talent. They have the offensive ability, and especially if these children take the leaps we expect them to take. And I I can't talk about Kako enough, and I'm sure we'll talk about it with Johnny in a second a little bit more, but I really like him on the PK, and I think they're going to be using him a lot more this year. And I have, I have big expectations for Lafreniere. But with if Georgiev gives up those breakaways, like he has, he really can't stop them, and I don't know why. Uh, I think it'll be a tremendous problem going into the season. Want to get to our dear friend? I or do, you I, I do. I, I'll just I'll put the ball on that just saying yep. – this is a situation where 
the old regime had an opinion of Georgiev that I think we should give Chris Jury an opportunity to prove us that the opinion has not carried over. And we'll see. If he gets off, if Georgiev continues this poor play and the Rangers try to ride it out with him, then we can be critical. But for now, I will give benefit of the doubt to that Trumbull snob <laughs> and say that Mr. He, Drury, Mr. Drury, uh, our our not boss, but a guy who will probably one day tell us we should shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, I, I did get a message once. I think I told you this. Like someone messaged me, and they'll probably message me again. And he was like, "Hey, got Drury's email just in case you need it." I was like, mm. "I don't. Why would but Chris?" Chris Chris.Drury at MSG.com. Like, I'm sure that's what it is. It's pretty close. Sorry, it's probably Christopher. It was pretty close. You're not that far off, I'll be honest. So, Oh, so there's no dot. Uh, my bad. Dots actually don't matter in emails. Did you know that? Well, I thought it was only for Gmail. No, actually, originally with Gmail, because my email, I'm not going to do this, has uh-huh. a dot in it. So it's got my name, too. You just said you're not going to do this, and you're <laughs> proceeding to do it. Yeah, but if you, it doesn't matter if you send the dot or not. It actually doesn't matter. So stupid. Cool. Here's my social security number. Does that not matter either? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, eight. Okay, cool. All right. It's eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine, right? Yeah. How many times do I have to tell you this? Jesus Christmas. All right, let's get to our friend Johnny Lazarus. We'll be right back. Transition. Hey, we're back with our, our good friend Johnny Lazarus. He's of another podcast that ho- also covers the Rangers. He has fun guests that we've also had on our show and, and better guests that we, will, we haven't. Johnny, uh, <laughs> how are you, my friend? Honestly, guys, I got to say, I think I came on the show like a year and a half ago or maybe maybe a year ago. It was but, during uh, the pandemic. You know, I wasn't really an during the pandemic. So I wasn't an avid listener at the time, but now I listen almost every week or at least try to get to it every week. Wow. And uh, it's an absolute honor to be here now that I feel like I'm friends with you guys. Um, I think we actually are friends. I don't feel like it, but um, I'm very happy <laughs> to be here joining you guys to, to shoot the shit about the blue shirts. Uh, we're all we're all just. Stuffed animals named Albert. John. That's really what we are. <laughs> wow. <Yep. laughs> Calling out stuffed animals in the exactly. background. People can, that's a that's a visual like joke out. for an audio medium, everybody. That's where we are. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get straight to it. Has there been anything in this preseason that has been a pleasant surprise for you? What has been like your number one storyline throughout the preseason so far for the Rangers? So I'm gonna be honest, I actually haven't really watched much of it. Um the only game I really watched was the home game i believe against boston where panarin and kaka looked unreal um i did see that lafreniere goal in boston in overtime which was obviously horrible on on omar's part but um you know for me it's it's not really about preseason i don't think you can really tell until you know the regular season starts um so as far as storylines i don't really have much um you know until i see like the power play unit actually play together in a a real game i won't really have any judgments um you know that's just that's just me i'm not really an expert um but for me, yeah, I think Kako looks amazing. Obviously, I'm going to say that because Ryan loves him so much. I do. Um, you know, Panarin looked really great off the bat. And um, someone I'm really excited to watch, as you guys know, is, as always, is, is Fox. Like, people, a lot of think he was a lot of people think he was a fluke last year. I mean, he was ranked, like, eighth overall out of defenseman on NHL 22. Um, so, for him, I think he has a lot to prove that it's not really a fluke and that he's just a very, very, very good hockey player. And, and I think he is, and I know he is. So, uh, I'm really excited for him to kind of have that uh, – you know, strong, strong season to back that up from last year. Well, we here think he's a star, and that will have new meaning in mm-hmm. a couple of days. But um, <laughs> let me let me let me change the question slightly then for you, Johnny. Um, since Gallant has said he plans on playing his opening night lineup essentially with or without Kravtsov in these last two preseason games, how much stock are you going to put into the results of the last 
two preseason games before October 13th? Not much. Um, he, he can say whatever he wants, and, and that doesn't mean I think he's going to stand by that decision. Um, you know, Kravtsov is obviously a young, up-and-coming superstar in the league. I think he played really great in the, in the time he had last year. Um, so he might not make opening night, but maybe that's just a tactic to fire him up a little bit more once he gets to the lineup. Oh, no, he's, he's, just, he's just hurt. That's the only reason he's not playing. Oh, is he hurt? See, I don't yeah. even know. I haven't really been paying attention. Um, <laughs> and you host a, so, just, just, just to clear this uh, up, you host a weekly Ranger podcast? <laughs> yes, I do. But I, but I do claim that I don't state facts ever. It just So you're pulling see, to us I, with I like even less on. research, which is great. <laughs> yes, exactly. I learned from the best. <laughs> great model. Okay. But either, either way, you're not putting – you will let the two games be grace periods where the dudes are getting familiar with each other. You're not going to – if they lose five to three, ain't going to keep you up at night. Yeah, no, no, nobody really goes full throttle in the preseason. Um, just, you know, from my experience, not that I played ever in an NHL preseason game, but, um, you know, just throughout my years of playing, I don't think anyone really trying to, is trying to give their all out there in the preseason unless you're trying to make the team. Um, you know, the young guys, you know, like Kraftsov or, or like a Zach Jones, those guys are the ones to watch that are really trying to make the team. But as far as the guys who are, you know, every, every night lineup guys that are just out there to kind of get feel the puck a little bit and get their feet wet, I wouldn't look too much into them. So uh, now that we've talked about your playing career, you have played a lot of col- uh, college-level hockey, I'm assuming is what we're calling it. What, what's the official title of the level you've played at? Uh, I like to say Division One when I, when I try to brag about myself, but now you can say Men's League. Okay, so uh, when you were a Division One player, how many drugs did people try and hand you? How many drugs did people try to hand me? Yeah, like, you know, um, like stuff that, you know, maybe other players are talking about right now. You know, the like, NHL. Like CBD or like, or like weed and cocaine? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yes, but I was sort of more talking about the no, Robin Leonard. Uh, uh... John, Johnny, let me, let me step in for my host here. Before <laughs> you say anything else, do not criminalize yourself <laughs> on Blucher's Breakaway. I don't need that. I have enough anxiety and stress in my life now because of this podcast. I don't need somebody mm-hmm. else having the same thing. So mm-hmm. I will uh, – let me, let me rephrase Ryan's question again. <laughs> How how much stock should we put into what Robin Leonard is saying uh, in regards to stuff that happens in the locker room that is below code? Mm-hmm. You love talking about the stocks thing, Greg, don't you? Well, listen, I am a man <laughs> who is worried about uh, financials on a daily basis. <laughs> Fair so. enough. Fair enough. That's what you get for betting on the Mets all year. Well, yeah, listen, uh, that was great. Hey, you're a Met fan now. Uh, welcome. It's Pretend. miserable. Pretend. You had an option, Johnny. You chose not to take the better option. I don't know. It's more It's more fun, though, with baseball to to root for the team that's, you know, like the underdog, I feel like. You know, like, who wants to cheer for the Yankees? Like, I, I, I wouldn't want to cheer, in the, like, who's comparable in the NHL to the Yankees, I guess, right now. There probably, there probably isn't one, honestly. Uh, maybe Tampa. Who, who would really want to root for Tampa? You know, nobody. Well, the difference that. between Tampa yeah. and the Yankees is Tampa's one. So we can't really say that. Yeah. I, I guess they're probably Fair like enough. the Canadians. Does anybody really want to root for the Canadians? Yep, that's a better that's a better take. Way better take. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless you're from Montreal, I don't I don't think anyone like really wants to root for Montreal. Um, that that probably is not a really strong opinion, but uh, I'm just gonna go with that. So, what was the original question? I kind of I, I was also gonna comment on how good of a diversion this was from the original comment. Uh, <laughs> we'll stay away I, from it. No big deal. Let's we'll move on. No, no, I was just. Robin Leonard, oh, Robin does that, does, does that, uh, what is that? You are someone who's played the game at a high level. Do the comments like that concern you? Do, have you seen something similar? Is there reason for how, this is a serious issue, but is it, are we taking it serious enough? 
I don't, it's so hard to really judge because I'm not in that locker room. So I don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. Like for me, I, like I have a positive outlook that I think any organization wants the best for their players. I, I can't imagine, you know, Buffalo wants Jack Eagle to like not be healthy. It's only going to ruin his stock. So for me, I, I don't really understand like what the thought process is or what they're actually doing behind the scenes because for a team that's trying to get rid of a player, wouldn't you want him to be like at his healthiest so you can get more for him? Like they're only just ruining their own chances. And and as far as what Robin Leonard has been doing, I, I've only seen a little bit of it. I haven't uh, followed the entire thread, but from what I saw, like I'm sure the NHL is going to talk to him and have an interview just because it's great PR probably, but I don't think they're going to really dive deep into it and, and actually, you know, find a solution to this problem. Since you haven't been following uh, said preseason, I'm sure you're aware of the state of the teams and kind of the state of the Metro. Other than the Islanders, who I think are, and maybe you could disagree with me, I think are the favorites to take the Metro this year. Who are the other teams that really we the Ranger fans have to worry about going into the season? Do you think the Capitals will take a step back? Do you think the Penguins will take a step back? Are you worried about the Carolina Hurricanes? Who's your watch out? This team could really run away with the Metro and we're not kind of thinking about its squad if you have one. I mean, for me, it's definitely Carolina. I think we're always kind of thinking about Pittsburgh and Washington. I, I don't think their window is closed yet, um, especially Washington. Like, they're so strong, like, up front. Like, I mean, anytime you have Alex Ovechkin on your power play and John Carlson running it, like, that's a dangerous team. I don't, I don't care what you say. Even, like, TJ Oshie in that high slot position that he plays is, is super dangerous there. And ba- Backstrom, like, their, their whole team is just – they're honestly, they're, they're so good, and they could easily make a playoff run again. I think their biggest question mark is goaltending. Um, Pittsburgh, is, as far as they go, I think their window is definitely closer to shutting. Obviously, Malkin and Crosby are out from the start of the year, too, which is huge. And their goaltending is a huge question mark. Um, you know, and, and as far as their back end, besides from like Chris Letang and, and John Reno, I don't even know a single person on their blue line. Um, so they don't really worry me. But Carolina, man, like just the way they're structured and, and the way they're coached by Rob Brendamore. And honestly, a, a guy like Freddie Anderson, who now has a fresh, um, fresh start, I guess, for lack of a better term, I think they could be a really dangerous team. And Freddie Anderson's a really good goalie. And I think he could come in and like be a huge surprise this season in the NHL. Johnny, you and I participate in the dark arts of gambling, probably a little yes. bit too much for both of our, uh, <laughs> our likings who give me your two sneaky NHL bets this year that you would put the most cabbage behind. I mean, like I thought it was sneaky at first, but now everyone's kind of on it, but the Florida Panthers were like, you know, I, I said it kind of since the last postseason that they were going to be really good this year. And, and now, I, like, I, I feel like everyone's saying that. So I don't want to go with that answer because, I mean, that's, it's, it's kind of basic now for everyone to say Florida. Um, so for me, obviously, like, you know, I don't want to go chalk either, but Colorado is just is so good. Like, they're, they're such an unbelievable team. The, probably the fastest team in the league, even, you know, aside from McDavid and Drysaddle, I think that top line for Colorado is probably the best line in the league, even better than Marshawn, Pasternak, and Bergeron. I, I think Colorado is literally the most skilled team there is. But then again, they're so young on the back end that I don't know if they really know how to get it done in the playoffs yet. I mean, I think, you know, in the next three years, they probably win, will win a Stanley Cup. I don't know if it's this year. But for me, I've been saying for the last two years, I think it's Vegas. Like, Vegas is literally so stacked. They have that home ice advantage. They're probably the best team on home ice in the NHL the last two or three years. Um, and, and they've been to the Western Conference Final the last two years. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in you got to lose before you win and you got to learn from losing and learn from your mistakes. So for me, the team to watch and until they win the Stanley Cup, the team to watch for me will be Vegas. I'm a, I, I've am been saying it's Vegas this year for the last two years and Tampa's won it both years. But again, I think this year it's it's Vegas this year. Let me let me run a sneaky one by you. I, this isn't a team I want to do 
a season-long bet on because it's going to look drastically different in March than it does currently tonight. But, I guess? Uh, yes. Are you going to say Winnipeg? I'm not going to say Winnipeg. I I think Winnipeg yeah. might just be bad the entire season. Okay. There's a, they just – there's a lot of – they need a lot of old players to stay healthy and productive, and I, that's mm. never a good bet to make. Now, the team, the team I like on a night-to-night basis early in the season, I actually am very high on what the Coyotes can do early. I think we we all saw them become the the uh, give us your dead bodies for future draft picks team, but some of the guys they brought in are better than we remember, and some of the guys they got rid of were so bad that I think they'll just get better for not having them. Now they don't have Garland anymore; that's going to hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. Their goalies, they're not exactly trying in net; that's going to hurt. But I I think they're going to be feisty for three months, and then I think all the players that are being feisty are going to get traded for more futures. And then I, I think they're going to be yeah. bad. So I don't, yeah. I don't want to say anyone should bet the over on their points for the year, because again, I think when we get to April, that's going to be an AHL team, but early mm-hmm. in the season, I think the coyotes on a nightly basis are going to be like two, three to one underdogs against teams. They shouldn't be that big of an underdog against. And I think uh, there's, some, there's some money to make there. I, I think that's a strong take. I can get behind that. I, I definitely won't be betting on them past November or December. That's for sure. Um, I actually don't even know. I don't think I've ever been on the Coyotes, to be honest. I, I've never trusted them. Um, and that's, that's an interesting, interesting point, though. I, I feel like for me, I'm trying to think of like who that team early on will be. Maybe Seattle, dude. I think Seattle off of that could be a team to bet on. Like, really? Because I do right not. We saw what Vegas did. I, I, I think they're not going to be very good offensively, but – Grubauer being a Vez in the finalist last year and, and a very good goalie. And, and their defense is solid. I mean, led by Mark Giordano. You know, maybe unders. Unders might be the better bet for Seattle games. I love unders. They're not going to score a lot. Uh, I do not like the yeah. uh, unders for Seattle games. I think they're one of the worst teams in the league, and they're clearly trying to get one of the first overall picks. And I, I love to eat that take. No, they're but... definitely not a good team. Definitely not a good team. I'm saying as far as the money line value would go, I don't think they're going to let up so many goals, but they definitely won't score. They're, they're going to win games like, you know, 2 3 1. At most. Absolutely. Uh, going into this season, uh, we've kind of... I guess we haven't written off any of these young Ranger prospects, but is there a particular one of the four, and you don't have to say Kako here, so uh, between like Lafreniere, <laughs> you know, Kraftstoff, even, you know, even Miller going into this second year, of all the young young children, who do you expect to take sort of that next big step? Is is it just clearly Lafreniere, or, or can you can you see Kraftstoff kind of working his way into an undeniable NHL player because he's the player I'm actually the lowest on. And I think is maybe the weakest link on the Rangers currently. I actually think it's Keandre Miller. Oof. He's, he's the guy to watch for me. I, I think he's so good and he's so effective and he's so big. He's he's just like a bigger Mark Stahl. I mean, maybe a little more offensive than Mark Stahl was, um, but he's definitely has that, like that same presence back there that Mark Stahl had, you know, that big, long reach, very strong kind of defenseman. Mm-hmm. I think he actually is a better skater than Mark Stahl was. Mark Stahl was really slow. Um, but st- actually, eh, maybe not maybe not backwards slow, but going forwards, Mark Stahl was not the fastest guy by any means. Um, DeAndre Miller, I don't expect to put up a lot of points, but he's going to be kind of one of those guys that you just notice makes those, like, good little plays out there. Nothing too flashy, but always kind of makes the right decision. And we know last year he had a horrible, horrible, horrible uh, NHL debut but he only grew so much confidence from that, I think, as the season went on. And this year, with it being a full 82-game season and fans being back, um, I think he'll really take a lot of uh, positive steps. 
Your general viewpoint of Gerard Gallant, where do you stand today? Is it vastly different from where you stood the day the hiring was announced? Is it more of the same? Are you super optimistic? Are you more, has the last Met year worn on you so hard that you just are numb (laughs) to any managerial decisions and you just want to see what happens first? I mean, like we talked about on uh, our show, when you guys came on my show, when uh, the hiring was, I think like the week before the hiring was made, we kind of knew it would be Gallant anyway. And um, he just seemed like the, the best fit for the job right now. I, I don't know if he was the best fit for the job in general, but just where the timing is, he's obviously the most qualified guy that was available. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what he does because I don't know if the Rangers necessarily need like a culture change. You know, I, I think they've, I mean, they've had winning seasons the last three years, I think. Right. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm correct on that, but I think the last three seasons they've had more wins than losses. Um, you guys might know more than me. I mean, the uh, season at least stopped. I think so. Yeah, I, I think, I think they did the thing where they had more regulation wins than regulation losses. But when you factor in the loser okay. points, I think they were technically mm-hmm. under 500. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if they need like a, a change of culture. Um, I think just being an original six team, that culture has always been there. Um, so for me, like I, I don't have any opinion on Gallant right now that I didn't have four, four months ago or however long ago the hire was made. Um, you know, that, that first five game window is when I'll really be able to get my opinion. Like I actually remember, I think Elaine Vigneault's like first season as the head coach, the year they went to the Sega like, final, the first five games, I was tweeting like fire Vigneault. I think they won like one other out of their first five and look how wrong I turned out to be. So um, you were right. You know, there's no question that I might not do that. Again. I think, that? I think, yeah, I, I think I in the long run, you got there. Yeah. In the you, you waited yeah. that take out and it really got there. Got Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I have very good takes uh, <laughs> as we all know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anyone would be fair to judge him yet. I think you got to wait for the first five, 10 games and, and see if he shakes things up. If guys aren't performing right away, um, you know, you look at a guy like Mika Zibanejad last year, who got off to a horrible start. I think he scored like two goals in the first 20, 25 games, then all of a sudden turned it around. So um, that's not really on the coaching, but if Mika starts off slow or Panarin starts off slow, kind of see if he makes those adjustments and see what he does and how he adjusts the team. And, uh, you know, if, if it does turn out to be a better move or a worse move, that's when we can really kind of judge him as a coach. Yeah, I'm kind of I've, – I've grown a lot on Gallant over the past couple weeks. I think Greg has sort of done the same where he seems to be a no-bullshit kind of guy where it, he's going to come mm-hmm. out and tell you exactly how he feels about the team. Uh, I wonder how much he'll – it seems like he's going to be incredibly candid – but also protect his players uh, just in a similar yeah. way as to what he did with um, Zach Jones. This, this preseason has, who's been very good. Um, he's came out and said, mm-hmm. you know, it's not fair to call Niels Lundqvist the favorite. Um, when it was entirely fair to call Niels Lundqvist the favorite, he's uh, uh, pretty much has to be solidified into the lineup at this point, but he knows that Zach Jones has earned his place. And if it wasn't just for Niels Lundqvist being there or being, you know, existing mm-hmm. and being the, the kind of player he is, Zach Jones would absolutely make this team. Maybe if they didn't sign uh, Patrick Nemeth, Zach Jones would be on the bottom pair, but they don't want to put two children down there to get abused on the mm-hmm. third line in, in the NHL. Uh, in, I guess they, they're going to trust Nemeth to kind of shelter and protect Niels, who is a smaller player in that way, but that's besides the point. Um, I've come around on Gallant, and I, I expect to kind of stay there. And I, I, I think the love you'll have for him will grow exponentially within three weeks. For sure. I, I also just, like I said, I haven't really paid enough attention in the preseason to, to form an opinion. Yeah, I, it's probably a better way to cover the game, if I'm being honest, where it's like mm-hmm. preseason is always just these harsh reactions. I cannot tell you, like you just said, Keandre Miller is the guy. 
you think can really take a big step this year. I happen to agree with you where Mm -hmm. he could develop more offensive game. I think his skating is sort of night and day comparatively to Mark Stahl. You said Mark Stahl was a little slow. And especially in the second half of his career, absolutely. Uh, The guy gets up Mm -hmm. and down the ice in like four strides. It It is something to behold. But he had a rough preseason game, one game, and people were like, do you think Jones should make it over Keandre? I was like, Keandre led the Rangers in time on ice pretty much for 5v5 last year, and you want to start Zach Jones? The guy's a monster. Mm -hmm. He's The size is there. He's already done done it for a year. He did it without fans. He did it against this. And and I I think this is something we're going to have to bring up, Greg, over and over again for some of these kids, especially Lafreniere. They did it against the same seven teams millions of times over where teams had the chance to adjust. They had the chance to scout you out. And Keandre fell off in the second half because teams were able to be like, okay, what does he like to do? And now he can make that adjustment back. So I know Zach Jones will probably start down in the AHL, um, which is totally fine. We need we have plenty of depth, and he'll get a lot of playing time there. But Keandre is the real deal, and I think Gallant is gonna just protect all of his guys, uh, top to bottom, and especially. Uh, I don't I don't see a way that Niels isn't on the team at this point. It's a uh, it's a whole rigmarole. So yeah. that, I guess that leads me to I don't exactly have a question uh, in, in this in this way, <laughs> but um, on opening night, I'll pivot this way. How many fights can we expect? And do you expect there to be a lot of bad blood to be on the ice or good blood, whichever? I see. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know because, you know, on one hand, there's so much talk and so much narrative about the Rangers, like trying to get stronger and get grit and, and toughness in their lineup. And sure. The players you know, that, that came here are going to want to show that they bring that to the Rangers fans like the easiest way to win over fans is to drop your gloves and, and try to beat the shit out of somebody, right? Like that's what anyone would want to do when they come to a new team. That's the easiest way for people to love you. So, you know, you can definitely expect Ryan Reeves to go after Tom Wilson, but I don't even know if – I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure Tom Wilson's never fought Reeves. I think he declines him like every time in the past, no? I don't know is off the top of my head. I, off the top of my head, I don't know. I will say this. It would always be weird if Vegas ever rolled out their fourth line to go up against Tom Wilson's line at 5v5. Like that, mm-hmm. you, Tom Wilson's routinely on the first or second line in yeah. in Washington. Under what circumstance do you want your fourth line going up against them? So I I don't know the mm-hmm. number off the top of my head, but I'm with you. Like logic would indicate that those two guys are not on the ice at the same time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they haven't fought in the past. And for Tom Wilson, there's no reason for him to fight on on his on his home ice. There's no reason for him to drop the gloves at Ryan Reeves. Like there's nothing to gain. He's not going to beat the fuck out of at a, I, I can curse, right? Yes. That's, Okay. Yeah, he's not going to beat the fuck out of Ryan Reeves. Like, there's literally nothing for him to gain from dropping the gloves on on his home ice. Um, that you know, that's in my mind. Like, if, if Ryan Reeves pummels Tom Wilson in Washington, the Rangers get all the momentum. Like, there's there's nothing for I, there's nothing to gain for Tom Wilson doing that. So they, I, I don't think. What's up? Oh, sorry. They fought in 2015. Uh, 2014 on November 15th. Okay, so that, there you go. Yeah, so that's a long time ago. And I, I think, you know, I'm sure they've been on the ice at least at some point together in, in the last six, seven years where they could have fought. So I think Tom Wilson, you know, that might be the one guy that Tom Wilson won't fight in the NHL. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to see it happen. Um, you know, a guy that we might see fight too is a guy like Ryan Strom. Like he's he's been, you know, he stepped up when he ha- when he has had to in the past. So um, it'd be interesting to see him. Maybe he'll fight TJ Oshie, who's a guy who sometimes drops him. So. Um, that could be a fight that we might see. It's pr- probably a pretty even matchup. Um, but no, I, I don't think it's going to be so focused on, you know, the Rangers' toughness. I think the Rangers might save that for the home opener, honestly, because, like I said, they want to win over the home crowd, the new guys especially. 
Um, so yeah, I think people might have a little of the wrong expectation of what to, to think going into that Washington game. Um, but then again, it wouldn't surprise me if I'm completely wrong and there's like 10 fights in the game. Johnny, the most important question, and it's embarrassing that we've gotten about 30 minutes into this. We haven't asked you yet. Uh, Luis Rojas, your thoughts. Wow. Dude, I, I'm a fake Mets fan. I have no idea. Oh, oh, come on, <laughs> Jesus. Well, give me, give me, give me. Come on, this is this is the this is an hour safe spot for fake news. Give me, give me the fake news take on Luis Rojas. You're putting I, my I, man on the I spot. Literally, no, yeah, I, I, but I literally don't know. Like, I, I watch the Mets games. I don't like follow it so closely. Like, I just know. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even think I can name the whole lineup. Like, I, I just try to root for the guys that I like. I'm actually a big fan of Brandon Mo. I think he's really. I just love how he sprints to first every time he gets walking. It's so cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just I love it. I think mean, it's awesome. But yeah, no, right, I, well, I am I'll, by I'll, no means an actual diehard Mets fan. That I I'll I'll, I'll like keep working you over. You you're you're stuck on this bandwagon now. So you're gonna by the by yeah. November fifteenth, you're gonna have a tattoo that says Billy Bean or die. There you and go. That's all I really need. That's all I need from you. Perfect. All right, Johnny. Um, Perfect. why don't you plug plug what you do, and we'll we'll go let you get out of here. I appreciate that, guys. Um, believe in Rangers. I'm going to have these two on the show, hopefully, Whee! after opening night. Because well, what we just talked about, I would love to break down that opening night with you guys. Are you guys going to be at the uh, home opener? We'll be way? at the home opener, and the night before right, we're more, doing but, a – Yeah, better question. Are you going to be at the bar with us the night before for the Capitals game? I mm, – Sounds like an excuse. I, I don't know if I can commit. Uh, yeah, sounds can like commit. an excuse. I, I work from home on Wednesdays in Long Island, so I don't know if I'm going to come in for that. But maybe I will because I'm actually going to the game Thursday night, the home opener. So if I don't make it Wednesday, I'll definitely get a beer with you guys Thursday in the garden. Sounds but good. then again, I would love to make it Wednesday. All right. We'll see. It. We'll see. We'll Which appreciate you coming on, buddy. And uh, people can follow Johnny on Twitter, and you can follow him on Believe in Rangers. Uh, Johnny, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Yeah. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Bye. Hey, we're back. I want to thank Johnny for coming on and not paying attention to the preseason. Appreciate that about him. Uh, not telling me that he didn't pay attention to the preseason when I booked him as a guest. So there you go. Uh, that's I the- take I take one week off. Yeah, I know. And I give you one job. Know. You know what's I, funny story? I before before I disappeared, I had forgotten that I had talked to the twins, evolving hockey. Oh, really? About coming on the show, and I got a DM from them yesterday, being like, "Hey, man, sorry it's late notice, but we're not going to be able to come on the show this week." I, like, oh, I responded with, "Hey, man, that's cool." Forgot we talked about it. <laughs> totally, totally fine. Because you, you would have shown up Monday. I would have been like, oh, hey, guys. What's up? What's the occasion? Yeah, what's going on? Why are, the, why are uh, both Good twins? news. They're, com- they're coming on, uh, we, the, the, what is it? What's today? The 4th? We've said the 18th, tentatively. Cool. Because we got Shannon next week for the That's season right. preview. Cool, cool, cool. That's right. All right. Uh, we're actually going to stop talking about the Rangers right now. I mean, Lafreniere had that great goal. There's going to be some other other fun stuff, and we're going to do a little bit of baseball stuff because postseason's here what? and the Mets. Why? Did something happen? Uh, Yeah. I mean, the Rays, uh, we almost had full chaos. You know, we didn't oh, get I it. I was rooting so hard for full Me chaos. Me too. Me too. I was so upset. I mean, taking the Rays not, always beat the Yankees, and to not beat them in the ninth there was really rough. So I almost felt like well, they were giving it to them. We had a possibility of there being – three game 163s and a one game 164 no that's so sick we were we were that far away either we really weren't and then the red sox came roaring back and then that was just it whatever whatever uh so the rays go to the postseason i'm super excited i'm probably they're probably gonna lose to the dodgers in the world series i'll be heartbroken meanwhile the mets mm, uh, i i don't know if the dodgers are gonna make the world series you don't think so you think you think the cardinals get them i don't think the cardinals get them i just i 
I don't know what to expect if it's Dodgers Giants. I just expect the Giants the Dodgers been, to so, take the Giants. I can't sit here and say the Giants are going to definitely lose, buddy. Like the Giants have been the weirdest fucking baseball team in baseball history. That I'm now at a point where I'm done writing them off. I, it's it, it's new. It's a new decade, so I'm all about odd year magic, and this is just going to be the Giants thing in 2023, 2025, 2027, 2029. I don't like, know. This is I don't understand how they're thing. doing it. It's like. Anthony it, it doesn't make any sense. Logan it, the Webb, team's not that good. It's not that good. It's it. They're without Brennan Belt now, but like Buster Posey's back to like his prime. Like I don't know. Yeah, what's Buster happening. Posey had like a five-win season in age thirty-six, a year by the way, in which he couldn't play every game because he's old as shit, and he's so old. The Giants have his replacement ready to go, and they just can't play Joey Bart. Ridiculous. Yeah, I, 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 the Cardinals could easily take out the Dodgers. I understand that. I just think the Dodgers have too much talent. Because, well, the, this Wainwright shit doesn't make sense either. 39 years what, old, just dealing. What, what in the fuck is going <laughs> <Just> on? dealing. <laughs> <baseball>. <laughs> Crazy, man. All right, uh, so the playoffs will be fun. I, I, I wish uh, – I, I probably I think I want the Yankees to win because I prefer the, Red, the, the Rays just own the Yanks. Always have for the last couple years, and I, I just – I'm not that scared of them. Whereas the, I guess I'm not scared of the Red Sox either, so I'm not sure it really matters. 12, uh, as a neutral, yeah. I'd be more scared of the Red Sox. I just, outside, of, the Yankees are going to have to, the, the, the best case scenario here to get the Yankees for the Rays is they're going to have to use Cole in the open, in the wild card game. Yep. So you're definitely only getting Cole once in the ALDS. What other starting pitcher do you have to worry about? And Chapman is a mess right now. Yeah. You really only have to worry about pitching to Judge and and uh, and Stanton, and after that, it's kind of like there's no. But even then, I'm not even that worried about Stanton. Stanton Stanton's a monster. Stanton right has Stanton is baseball's Chris Kreider, where when he's on fire, he's going to hit a home run every time he's up, and when he's not on fire, he's going to go over thirty six. That's so. Right. Are you? Is he? Where are we in this hot streak for him? It are We're are starting we still to cool the down. way up, or is he coming down? We're starting to cool down right now, so let's hope it. Yeah. Let's hope it stays that way. Uh, so now that the off season has come for the Mets. They, oh, yeah. they have um, gotten rid of their manager, Luis Rojas, who got a little sure bit of did. a David Quinn treatment, I would say. Um, no. Maybe a little more really. unfair. I'm unsure. Yes and no. It's God, with Rojas, it's so unfairly complicated. Like, with Quinn, it wasn't unfair or complicated. No, it Whether wasn't. we thought he should be fired or not, there are at least, like, justified reasons for it. Rojas has everything working against him where he was a lame duck manager this year. He wasn't even the Mets' first choice when he was hired because they wanted Carlos Beltran, who they fired before he even coached a baseball game. Um, the Mets have made it clear that they need to clean everybody out of the front office. And if you're going to do that and hire a new baseball ops uh, president, you would want him to pick everybody, which includes a new GM, a new manager, a new everything. So whether I personally thought Rojas did a bad job, spoiler alert, I did not. Whether I think Baseball managers really matter these days. Spoiler alert, I do not think they do. Like, the, the, the frustrating thing for me, and it's, it's, it's actually two frustrations I have. The frustration for me is that baseball fans still blame the managers for everything when it's very clear that these managers are now just being asked to follow a script. Like, people get angry at Rojas when they don't ask Seth Lugo to go two innings as if the front office didn't tell him, hey, by the way, we're going to use Seth for one inning today. Or people get angry at Rojas for bringing in a certain reliever at a certain time as if the front office doesn't come down and say, oh, by the way, 
we want to use Loop in the sixth, Lugo in the seventh, May in the eighth, and uh, Diaz in the ninth. And if someone has to throw 25 pitches, we're going to squeeze Familia in there too. Like everything in baseball is so scripted now, which to one point it makes sense because everybody's trying to play the numbers. But to another point, it's frustrating because I don't know what to be angry at with whom anymore. Like I can't really sit here and think of one thing that Rojas definitely did that, in my opinion, deserved to got, get him fired. Um, the players seem to love him. I And everybody who says, like, well, he's responsible for all the hitters. Like, the reason the Mets didn't make the playoffs this year, Ryan, as you know, is there are only four teams in the National League who scored less runs than the Mets this year. I think it's four. It might only be three. I can only name three for sure, and they're the Marlins, the Brewers, not the Brewers, the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, and the Pirates. Those are the only three teams for sure that scored less runs than the Mets. None of them won 70 games, let alone 77, which is what the Mets did. If the Mets hit just 5% more, they're probably at least in the 80s, which means they were, would have been in contention once again for the NL East. And the, the other reason why the Mets sucked in the second half is because the front office didn't want to make any trades. Steve Cohen said, you're going to make fucking one at least. And they did a fucking a, a, a show-me trade for Baez, which worked brilliantly. But they didn't do enough. Luis Rojas cannot have changed the course of this Mets season. There's nothing he could have done to change the course of this Mets season. But Agreed. even with that said, even if they made the playoffs, I don't. I think it's fair if you're going to hire Billy Bean, which they should, allow Billy Bean to just do whatever the fuck he wants. And if that means he doesn't want Luis Rojas, that means he doesn't want Luis Rojas. They did That's say fine. they would keep Rojas on, which is nice if he wanted to well, stay. Well, they would on. like to. I Rojas, it's up to him if he wants to stay. Yeah, I wouldn't want to stay if I was him, and I understand. That, why wouldn't he want to move on to another opportunity? Uh, well, that's, that's the thing. I think he's going to get another shot. I don't know where it's going to be, but I'm pretty – like, this isn't going to be his only managerial stop. No. He's still – He's pretty he's highly still guarded. Felipe Alou's kid, and he's still a highly decorated minor league manager. He's going to get another job. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's see if Bean comes in and changes things um, for you. And then going forward, I think your core is just DeGrom. You're hoping Syndergaard can be anywhere near what he used to be. And so then- I, had, I had a checklist of four items that I considered the most important items for the Mets this offseason that I texted to a friend. Uh, number one is Billy Bean. That's just my number one. There's no – number two Large doesn't gap. matter as much as number one. Large gap. Yeah. Bean, I have all the faith. Everybody who says, well, Billy Bean's cheap, you're a lazy baseball fan if you think Billy Bean's cheap. Billy Bean is not cheap. The Oakland A's are cheap. Now, Billy Bean's a loyal – if you want to blame Billy Bean to being anything, it's being too loyal. But the only reason the A's don't spend is not because Billy Bean doesn't want to spend. It's because the A's owner doesn't want to spend and refuses to spend. So much so that he pissed off Billy Bean when he wasn't allowed to qualify offer Marcus Simeon, who then, by the way, had, in terms of F-War, the most valuable year in the American League this year for any non-Otani hitter. Like, the only reason Billy Bean might even come to the Mets is Marcus Simeon-related, and the only reason Marcus Simeon-related exists is because the A's out-cheaped Billy Bean. So... If you're a Met fan out there saying that Billy Bean's cheap, shut the fuck up. You're no nothing. And I know some of you listen to this podcast. I apologize. I love you. But also, you know nothing. Um, second second on the list for me, re-sign Baez. 
I have there's there's no analytic. Can I just say this I real can... quick? And I, I gotta call you out. No, the... no, no, no. I've always loved Javi Baez. No, you have no evidence no to suggest fucking way. What the 180 <laughs> you've done on Baez is fucking ridiculous. It's crazy. Now, listen. I know Javi's super fun to watch. I I I follow him very closely, as you know. Big fan of his in my uh, dynasty league. Uh-huh. But dude, the 180 you've done and to want to sign him is hilarious. I, I love it. I will. Well, I, the, you didn't allow me to put the analytic out there that I was going to use. Okay. It's called. It's called. Uh, it's called BF War. Mm-hmm. Best friend war. Where I BF War. Okay. I can't prove it, but Baez and Lindor being best friends makes them both better, and I think that's important. That's chemistry in the locker room. Really important. Yeah, I I think I think Baez's presence makes Lindor better. And I think Lindor's presence makes Baez better. So to me, that mean, that means your your first base, your second baseman, and your shortstop are all locked up. Now your problem Correct. is the rest of your lineup. Well, my third point is actually that uh, Keystone position, uh, the the corner position you left out there, third base. Yes. I may have mentioned that the Mets have hired Billy Bean in my fantasy. Yes. We're trading for Matt Chapman. That's interesting. He's entering the expensive years of arbitration. I may have just mentioned to you that the Oakland A's are cheap. And they are. Uh, Matt Chapman is probably the best offensive third baseman not named Nolan Arenado. He is a three true, out, true outcome guy, but he's also a guy that has posted two six-plus war years already in his career. And while he didn't have a great year this year, I think he only hit 210, still put up over three wins. He is, he is that good at third base. And if there's anybody who knows what it would take to trade for Matt Chapman, it's Billy Bean. And I, I think having an infield defensively, even with Pete at first base, of Baez, Lindor, and Chapman, it's the best infield the Mets will have since 1999. That's not even not close. even close. That's not even close. And again, like 1999, that infield won't even have a Ray Ordonez offensively. You're talking about three guys who should be putting up WRC pluses well above 125. Oh yeah, I mean Pete, Pete's legit. That guy can hit. He can rake. Yeah, he's the but only one that Chap- really Chapman, could for a while. Chapman in a good year is a 30 home run, 250 hitter with an on-base percentage around 380-390. That's good. Yeah. That's And, again, all-world defensively at third base. Yep. And then your outfield is where you really got to worry because I'm not really sure what you do there. I have well, no it, it, that's the thing, though. Look at what the Braves did at the deadline, right? They just acquired so many not-bad pieces that they're just a team now where nobody is necessarily playing every day, but whoever is playing is good enough, right? They traded for Eddie Rosario. They traded for Adam Duvall. They traded for Jock Peterson. Yeah, and all they those guys all are guys good enough. Just, yeah, they they, raid, they they traded for floor guys that raise your floor. And I think I'm going to miss Conforto. Him crying during his final game at City Field was heartbreaking. It made me question a lot of things that I had felt. But I still believe every dollar that should have gone to Conforto last offseason is now going to Javi Baez, and that's more than fine by me. Because, again, I've always loved Javi Baez, and I'm happy he's here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't think you can live with – I think the aberration season for Dom Smith is going to prove to be 2020, not 2021. Uh, I'm a little tired of Jeff McNeil's shit. If that guy throws one more tamper tantrum because he grounded out, here's an idea. Stop fucking grounding out if it pisses you off that much. Um, J.D. Davis doesn't have a defensive position. I – I don't know what they do in the corners, but my fourth one that I haven't mentioned yet is re-signed Stroman. I, I, you can't let him walk. You can't. That dude is built for New York. 
The Mets desperately need personality like that in their locker room. I don't think Stroman fits this bill, but if I were to have a fifth fifth uh, pillar here, Ryan, mm-hmm. this is I think this is as old man take as I could get, but I don't know who the player is, and maybe you can enlighten me. The Mets need to find a piece of shit. Like, uh, I think every clubhouse... The Ranger. The Ranger. You, you need the grit and toughness. That's what I'm saying. I, but, okay. like, I want him to be good, and I want him to be someone that could play every day, and I have no idea who this player is. But, like, the Mets... I, I need someone who gets up to the podium. God bless Pete Alonso. And when the Mets were losing fucking 15 in a row, and he's like, I think we're going to make the playoffs. I need someone who goes up there, and maybe this is the manager. Maybe it's the manager. I need, like, someone to say, you know what? We fucking suck. I need us to not suck. How does that sound? I don't know who the piece of shit is that the Mets need to bring in, but they're in need of a piece of shit. And I, I want to be clear. When I am saying they need a piece of shit, I need that asshole you love, but you know if he's not on your team, he's an asshole. Not Trevor Bauer. I don't need a legitimately bad human being. I need a piece of shit. It's a shame. The, it's a shame that he's definitely – is. I don't think he is. I think he's still under contract for the Dodgers, but I think that person is Max Scherzer. He's not on a contract, but I don't think Scherz is coming to the National League uh, East again. Yeah. I don't but yes, so. the, the dream piece of shit is Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is the dream piece of shit for you. Yeah. I would say um, it's funny because they could have just signed him last year, but another guy who fits this bill is JT Realmuto, who's definitely a piece of shit. Yeah. But he's the good kind of piece of shit. Yeah, he didn't want to come, so that was it. No, he wanted – the Mets didn't want to pay him. We just had to pay fucking James McCann. Yeah, that, Great that, that McCann signing was bad. The, fucking the, creep. The, the day it happened, I called that one. That was a terrible one. You called, I called it, piece of motherfucker. <laughs> you, you might be able to find me bad-mouthing Javi Baez, but you will not find me saying really nice things about James McCann. If, if you're again, out there, I will go say look. this one more time. Yep. He seems like a beautiful human being. Nice guy. Seems like a lovely husband, nice guy. An even better father. Seems like a great dude to hang out and watch baseball with. But like me, can't fucking hit. It just drives me insane. Has a great arm. Great ass, but he can't fucking hit. So, uh, yeah, there we go. And predictions for the playoffs? Let's just do this real quick. Well, I'll say uh, for the first round, I've already bet on the Brewers, and I've already bet on the White Sox, though the White Sox is a little bit more touch and go. The World Series I would like to watch is White Sox-Dodgers. The World Series I think we're going to get is – I don't want to say the Astros, and I don't want to say – at this point, I can't sit here and tell you it's not going to be the Giants just winning it all. I can't do it. I think you're underrating the, this this race team, but – I'm not. They're, they're stupid I, good. I, <laughs> they I really are. I, listen, I watched Michael fucking Waka throw five innings yesterday, and it pissed me off. Is he going to be on the playoff roster? Yeah, he's going to make it. He's not. You're not winning the World Series, Ryan. I got fucking news for you. <laughs> Like, he's gonna make it. That guy alone, I promise you, he's gonna do one thing that prevents. He's gonna, you from he's gonna pitch like three innings in the, the playoffs. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and it'll be the three innings that cost you everything. Yeah, uh, I have. Um, for me, I have the Dodgers over the Cards, the Dodgers over the Giants, the Braves over the Brewers, Dodgers over the Braves, Braves over the Brewers. Yep. You're not gonna give a reason why. You're just gonna say that's why. I just like the pitching better. For the Braves, I don't know. You sure. like the pitching better than Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, and Brandon Woodruff. I, I, I'm not sure. I know. I, listen, I'm a big Corbin Burns guy. I really am. Is Ian Anderson healthy? I think he is. I should probably oh. check. 
I just to, to say the thing you like is the pitching of the Braves <laughs> over the pitching of the Brewers. I like Charlie I Morton a lot. De- I really do. I, I get Devin Williams is a is a moron, but boy, what is it like, with breaking your hand before playoff series? How angry could he have been? Ah, oh, I'm so pissed. We won the NL Central. Grr. What are know. we doing in the AL? Which I have a better I, grasp on. I have the Yanks over the Sox. I have the Rays over the Yanks. Sorry, Yankee fans. I have the Astros over the White Sox. I, I'm. Why do you love the, the Astros White Sox? Are the, favorite, the Astros are favored in that series. Why do you like the White Sox team out of curiosity? Just curious. Uh, I, 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 personally, I just think it's more fun. I, yeah, that's I, fair. I, I wasn't using baseball reasoning, really, on that one. Okay. Um, I just think the Astros I, are just so annoying, man. They're just so – I know. Well, that, away, that, why, would I, why do I want to root for that? I don't want to root for that. I don't that. want to root for them. I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen. I hope the Rays beat the Astros. That means the Dodgers and the Rays meet in the World Series again, and then I, uh, I throw myself off a bridge. There you go. If it's Dodgers Astros again, I'm just gonna be. Yeah, that's. Sad. I I don't want to watch Dodgers Astros World Series. That I don't. I, I gun to my head, I'll say Giants White Sox. Most fun is probably, probably has to be the Giants on one side for most fun. Definitely not the yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, again, I don't know if the Giants are fun when it comes to having to watch them, but we will all have fun just. Asking ourselves, who's this how the guy? Fuck did this happen? <laughs> no, not even who's this guy. Just like literally, with every time they score a run, someone just being like, "What the fuck is happening?" I know this is this is a team that won 107 games this year when their over under was like 74. Dodgers have so much fun talent, though. Ugh, annoying, so annoying. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, speaking of which, yeah. remember how last week I came on this podcast and said there might not be a bet in my life more heartbreaking than the over the under. In Wisconsin, Notre Dame. Yes, you you beat Oakland it. A's came really close, man. Oh, okay, that's true. They really they did. uh their their over under total when the season started was eighty six and a half, which I bet. All they had to do in their final six games was go two and four. They entered Sunday one and four on the week. <laughs> uh, they entered the ninth inning down six three. They tied it in the ninth inning, just to lose it in the bottom of the ninth to the Astros. That's incredible. And I lost. I they finished with eighty six wins, and I had eighty six and a half. That's uh, boy. Vegas is so good at their job. God bless them. Well, for that they get they get that one like dead on balls accurate. The Brewers number was eighty two and a half. I won that six weeks ago. Yep. Um. Yeah, they. Some of them, in hindsight, some of them were obvious. One way you should bet. The one, the only one I really regret was not betting the Nationals under. Their line was like eighty four and a half. Yeah. And while I didn't think they were going to win sixty eight games. I thought they weren't going to be a 500 team. I do wonder when Juan Soto asks out. I'll put it that way. Oh. I'll put it that way. Billy Bean. I do. Oh, Billy that's Bean. a player you want to spend money on, my friend. <laughs> spend money on? I, they, they, I will, any prospect and first-round pick you want, the Nationals can have. Oh, Juan Soto is a generational hitter. So he'll. I think he'll ask yeah. out. We'll see. All right. Uh, um, we're done this week. Yeah, that's that's good. You you yeah, the Mets they suck. Yeah, what they else suck. is new? Go race. All right. Uh, sorry, Yankee fans. And, Go uh, White Sox. I yeah, guess. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, we'll do OT later this week. And reminder, we're gonna be at Jim Mill next Wednesday. I'll make a flyer early next week, something like that. Put it out. All right, we love you guys. See you then. Bye. Hey, I just want to thank our NHL Insiders Club, the Offer Sheet Club that supports this podcast and makes it happen every single week. I expect things to be picking up in the next couple weeks. As you know, we have hockey next week. I can't believe it. On October 13th, you can join us at the Gin Mill in New York City if you're in the area. We'll be getting some drinks and watching some fighting on TV, I'm assuming. Washington versus New York, so you know how this happens. But without further ado, Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam uh, Cheech, 
Alex Gardner, Alexander, Amber Coensberger, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggs Malone, Brian Doyle, Broadway Blue Shirt Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagen, Dennis Dazen, David Naradin, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Eric Stagg, George Obritsky, Gib Gardner a Cup, Jacob Berkowitz, JD, Jimmy Mack, J- John Hardesey. Welcome, John Hardesey. Uh, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, Lazik, Gronkowski, Lucas K, Matthew Kind, Pavel Krojarev, Ryan Sheridan, St- uh, Stephen Lomayer, of course, my friend, my good friend Stephen, who I just messed up his last name, I'm sure, Stig Bullbach, Swingarth, Drop BK, T- Tommy Sinclair, Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, Vinny Bracco, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector. I expect some real stuff to be coming down the turnpike. Hopefully, uh, things can... Oof. I mean, I'm not ready for this season. I think every... There was like 16 seasons last year, pretty much, in one season. I can't even believe the Tony D'Angelo saga was last year at this point. It feels like uh, another universe. So stay tuned. A lot of content coming your way. Thanks for listening. Love you guys.